Hello listeners and welcome to yet another episode of Freedom Fries. Today we're going to be talking about some news headlines. We're going to be talking about why wealth isn't finite and our usual the worst of Reddit. Ladies and gentlemen, we are where eagles dare. Bombs and bullets. Not this time. Gonna be brains and ballots. Yeah. If I was a dictator, those people would be eliminated. Alright, listeners. So first let's get into some news headlines, and I'm gonna proceed this by saying. I know a lot of you probably want me to talk about the whole Kavanaugh thing going on, and I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm just not. It really is just another thing that doesn't matter in the media. It's not important. I mean, is it a fake accusation? I don't know. Is it a real accusation? I don't know. If I talk about it at all, it's going to be after there's some kind of conclusive some kind of conclusion drawn. I, I don't know what, but after some kind of conclusion is drawn, that's when I'm actually going to start talking about it. But until then, I've got nothing to say because until then it doesn't matter. I'm going to let our judicial system figure out what's going on, then I'm going to talk about it. Till then, it really doesn't matter. All right, our first news article here that we are going to talk about. Um, I'm going to read the uh, headline here. I'm going to read a little bit of the article, and then I'm going to talk about it. Uh, this one was on foxnews.com. Uh, let's see how this goes. Let's just, let's just stick it out here for a second. A Texas school district being sued by a black student who was kicked out for refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance received support from the state attorney general Tuesday. Ken Paxton back to Cypress Fairbanks Independent School District as it battles the lawsuit. Kizzy Landry school sued this district on behalf of her 18-year-old daughter, India, after India was kicked out of Wilderferrin High School in October 2017 for refusing to stand for the pledge. India Landry said, that, said at the time she was inspired by NFL players who decided to kneel during the national anthem to protest perceived racial injustices, according to the Houston Chronicle. I felt the flag doesn't represent what it stands for. Liberty and justice for all, and I don't feel what is going on in the country, so it was my choice to remain seated silently, she said. It was a silent protest. Uh, India said she protested the pledge about 200 times without incident, then she engaged in protest while in her principal's office. Principal Strother, upon seeing this, immediately expelled India from school, saying, well, you're kicked out of here. The lawsuit complaint, the lawsuit complaint states a school secretary then allegedly added, this is not the NFL. Now, while that last comment is a little funny, um, the reality here is, this is a free country. If you don't want to stand for the pledge, you don't have to. I can't make you stand because a certain song is being played. It's absolutely insane. Keep in mind, this is coming from me. I'm a veteran, and I'm telling you, don't stand if you don't want to. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and, and then a good argument was brought up that I heard not a while back is when you're watching a football game at your house and the national anthem comes on the TV, do you stand? Probably not. And a lot of these people that probably, when I say probably not, do the same people protesting that this little girl didn't stand for the national anthem. Who cares? Let her sit. It's not hurting 
anybody. Just isn't. So, uh, uh, while the news article was uh, somewhat relevant, um, the stance they took on it is completely wrong. But uh, that's Fox News for you. All right, the next one here is from Politico.com. Um, the headline is, The Surprising Reason the Right Doesn't Trust the News. The press really did change in the 1960s, for the better. Now, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Uh, my prayers for a new way to think about the so-called crisis over, quote, trust in the press have been answered thanks to media scholar Matthew Pressman's uh, blah, blah, blah. On press, the liberal values to shape the news. Journalism has changed. Me Journalism has changed measurably since the 1960s. He writes, and those changes have altered how we regard the news and why opinion surveys show that fewer and fewer people seem to trust it. Back in 1960, not quite a lifetime ago, page one of the New York Times was dominated by government news. Pressman picks out a date at random, April 21st, 1960, and reports that all 14 stories on the page. On page one, we're about government bodies are official. Inside, he continues, the paper's opening pages contain transcripts of official statements and speeches, often by government officials, and almost every article in the main news category began with an account of what the various leaders had said or done. Although analysis could be found as you plow deeper into the times, most articles, quote, confine themselves to veritable facts and a modicum of background information, end quote, he writes. Official statements were automatically considered newsworthy. The press generally limited themselves to reporting allegations of wrongdoing against public officials only when charges were filed. Then, even more than today, the times of the national news agenda and its stylistically choice to bow and defer to power was widely Im imitated. Quote, reporters did not challenge the people they covered or judge their motivations, belief, and competence, Pressman writes. But two, days two decades later, April 17, 1980, to be exact, the New York Times had changed. Coverage of government was still the main entree. Reporters routinely challenged public officials in the absence of some allegations of wrongdoing against them. Transcripts had vanished, too, as reporting the news stopped being so much about the communication of events and readers and more about their interpretation. This new set of values, made necessary perhaps by the rise of TV, which assumed the newspaper's duty to handle breaking news, and by a change in readership, which is more highly educated, encouraged journalists to not just report the news, but also to analyze it and challenge the elites in power. That's an interesting way of putting it. So, uh, the change, I think, that really occurred... And I'm not going to read the rest of this article because it just basically starts going into about how Donald Trump just starts calling it fake news and uh, all this stuff and how bad that is, whatever. I don't agree necessarily with the tone of this article or the second half of this article, but it does make you think a little bit. So I think the shift that happened in our news came about because, yeah, TV made really did make a difference and we changed from this daily or weekly reporting news cycle to a 24-hour cycle, you start going after sensationalism, and eventually that led to various news sources just trying to push their own agenda. Or, I mean, even as I've, uh, I've hinted at alleging, I'm not going to say I've alleged this, I'm going to say I've hinted at alleging this, because I'm not fully sold on this, because it still seems a little bit like conspiracy theory to me. But the, the news straight up trying to distract us from some things, and it certainly does seem that way if you really look at it. It's just, it's all about what draws the most attention and how can we push our own agenda and not what actually matters or what's actually important is just kind of thrown to the wayside. 
And, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast is I'm trying to just, I'm trying to give you another option of many. Um, another article by Fox News, ABC accused of playing dirty in network news war. I'm going to read a little bit about this. Industry insiders are accusing ABC of dirty tricks in the war for network news dominance, Page Six has learned. In 2015, when their evening news broadcasts were locked in a tight battle for the top spot, NBC got caught double-dipping to boost ratings by re-airing the nightly news at 2 a.m. and then adding the viewers for both broadcasts together. Now, with the two networks' numbers once again locked in close combat, ratings wonks have noticed that ABC has, without fanfare, begin airing David Muir's World News Tonight in L.A. at 3.30 p.m., that is, when it airs live at 6.30 p.m. on the East Coast, and then also airing the normal tape version at 6.30 p.m. L.A. time. ABC touted a major victory Tuesday when Nielsen numbers showed that Murr has grabbed the most overall viewers for second year in a row. Blah, 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 blah. Point is, once again, you can't trust the news and they're all corrupt, and Fox wants to act like ABC is the only one who cares about nothing other than ratings. When in reality, it's all of them. So, good, kind of good on you, Fox, I, I guess. Uh, and this that last one here is uh, about is from ABC News. Headline is: Is Trump really leaving military option open for Venezuela? I'll read a little bit about this. While visiting the United Nations this week, President Donald Trump maintained his tough line against Venezuela, telling reporters that, quote, all options are on the table, end quote, when it comes to response to the unfolding humanitarian economic crisis. Some have interpreted Trump's comments as leaving the door open for military action, but back in Washington, senior American military leaders indicate there's no active planning for a U.S. military invention there. On the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly in New York on Tuesday, Trump said his administration was, quote, looking very strong at Venezuela, end quote, when asked about an intervention. Then, on Wednesday, the president said, quote, all options are on the table, every one, end quote. Strong ones are in the less strong ones, Trump told reporters before meeting with uh, Israeli, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin, I know I should know how to pronounce that, but I don't, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna butcher the poor man's name, the Israeli Prime Minister. And you all know what I mean by strong. I just want to see Venezuela straightened out, Trump continued. I want the people to be safe. We're going to take care of Venezuela. All right, I'm not even going to continue. First off, I just want to point out that Venezuela is a great example of socialism. That's perfect. It's exactly what happens. To a T is what happens when you use socialism. It literally played out exactly like any real good economist like Peter Schiff would predict it would play out. Exactly the way. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Second off, we have no business invading it, though, for any reason. And invade is a strong word, but that's essentially what we'd be doing. It's just another excuse to get into some war-type situation. Why is it any of our business? Why is it our concern? Why are we responsible for Venezuela? They're not a principality of the U.S., last I freaking checked. Nothing to do with us. Absolutely nothing. But... Because Trump wants to, quote, see Venezuela straighten out, end quote, all of a sudden we have to spend millions of dollars we don't have to go attempt to just, I, I don't know, folks. It's just, it's like we make the same mistakes over and over again and we never learn from them as a country. And we, we've been doing that since Vietnam. 
just, <laughs> same same thing over and over again. All right. Um, so for our our um, I'm 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 gonna do a very short piece on our uh, main topic today. Um, it's something I've mentioned many times, but I've never gone into detail about. So I'm just gonna get a little bit more specific. Um, and I'm gonna start by reading um, an article by Forbes when I do this, just because, or at least part of it, just because it's a really good article. And then I'm gonna go a little bit further into it. Um, it's when I've talked about infinite versus finite wealth. So a lot of the people who propose communism and socialism do so because they believe there is a finite amount of wealth and that no more wealth can be created beyond that. And so that if you're, that means if you're wealthy, you're robbing other people of their fair share of the total wealth. And this article goes into, um, and it's simply not true. And this article goes into the whole pie analogy. Um, it's called, when it comes to wealth creation, there is no pie. Um, I'm going to read, uh, I might end up reading the whole article, but I'm definitely going to read at least a piece of this article because it does make a lot of good points. So uh, good on you, Forbes. Let's get into it. Metaphors, to use an overused metaphor, are a double-edged sword. Sometimes they clarify, sometimes they confuse. One metaphor responsible for a great deal of confusion is that of wealth as a pie, a metaphor that shows up again and again in debates over income inequality. No matter how you slice it, when it, uh, sorry, quote, no matter how you slice it, when it comes to income and wealth in America, the rich, uh, the rich get most of the pie and the rest of get the leftovers, end quote writes a critic of income inequality. Quote, the people who are in the top 1% today earn a larger share of the income pie than the people who were in the top 1% 25 years ago. Quote, notes economist Russ Roberts, a non-critic. One implication of the pie metaphor is that wealth is a zero-sum game. There's a fixed amount of houses, cars, medicines, etc. to go around, and the more Steve Jobs gets, the less... Uh, this is a, clearly an old article, I apologize. The more, let's say, um, Jeff Bezos gets, the less, the less is left for the rest of us. That may have had some plausibility 250 years ago when most of the wealth was in the form of land. But today, when an iPhone 3G verges on outdated technology, it's impossible to miss the fact that wealth grows. Roberts puts the point this way, quote, The pie is not constant. So your well-being can grow even when your share of the pie falls if the pie is getting sufficiently larger. Wealth grows, true, but the pie metaphor carries with it another implication which Robert doesn't challenge. It treats wealth as owned by society. We happen to find ourselves in possession of a pie. How did it get here? That's never made too clear, but it's here and now we have to decide how to divide it up fairly. Uh, in accepting the pie metaphor, we concede a moral point that should not be conceded. Wealth does not arise from amorphous social process. Society owns no pie. That is so great. So great. So, and, and, and he goes further to, to talk about this, but here, here's the, you get what he's saying here. So, I, here's what I'm going to add to this. So, wealth is created by an individual and the individual then owns said wealth. And if you force someone to take, if you, it, and it's why I've said before, if you take the product of someone's labor, this wealth he's created, that's a form of slavery. 
That is the form of slavery. You are literally making someone work for free, the definition of slavery. Everyone creates their own individual amount of wealth. It's just that simple. And any basic knowledge of economics would allow you to take even the slightest look at the stock market or the level of technology we currently have or just uh, the American living quality of life standard between from now back until like compared to like 1920 which isn't even a very long time in the scheme of things. And you can see just how untrue it is. I mean, if you look back like the early days of America even, the gap, the amount of people who were poor and what poverty looked like was vastly different than it is today. By our standards today, our poor people by standards back then would be almost in the verge of being wealthy. It's, 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 and especially as Americans, we have the most wealthy poor people in the world. We do. Like, compare a poor person from Venezuela to a poor person here, or a poor person from, and I don't mean a homeless person, I mean our general impoverished, to the impoverished in any, almost any country in Africa, aside from maybe South Africa. We're doing amazing. So it's it's just an argument I'm tired of hearing. I just wanted to touch on it just a little bit. And I think I did a, a decent job. Um, next, I want to get into um, our usual segment, the uh, worst of Reddit. When I'm still calling it that, uh, it's a good name. I'm not changing it despite the fact I've changed how I actually do this. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. So this one was posted by... Um, uh, Name's a little offensive, but I'm going to read it anyway. User slash Gucking Fay. Uh, it's spelled G-U-C-K-I-N-G-F-A-Y. Um, I don't have any comment on, on that username. His uh, caption is, found this gem on Twitter. And the uh, gem he speaks of is a post on Twitter that reads, Economics is a made-up concept. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I don't even, I don't have anything to say, folks. I don't. That's just, this is the, this is where we're at. Unfortunately, this is where we're at. So next thing we got is um, user uh, Rubik's Cube Team, which is spelled how you would expect. Uh, post. Uh, this is the post. It's a, um, it looks like a Dr. Seuss book. It's got a picture of the cat and the hat, and the font's the same. I'm gonna read it as a Dr. Seuss book. Guess what? You're a socialist. A newly discovered Dr. Seuss song. Do you like your water clean? Do you like your forest green? Do you like the parks that you've seen? Guess what? You're a socialist. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We try to hold it together. Want your medicine safe to take? Food that's safe to cook and bake? Your car to stop when you hit your brakes? Guess what? <laughs> You're a socialist. Want your kids in school today? Or well-made roads to drive away? More roads! Had, had to add that, sorry. Or fire trucks and cops to save the day? Guess what? We're all socialists. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna... This is one of those ones that's gonna be fun because I get to dissect about how wrong it is. Alright. So first off, do you like your water clean? Okay, that's real easy. Um, so basically... If I have the choice of two different water companies 
And um, actually, this is stupid. My water is 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 private. I have private water. The government does not own the water company I buy my water from at my current house. It is a private service. Private. It is a capitalist service. So you're already completely wrong in the water. I'm not even going to get into the uh, otherwise why that's bad. Do you like your forest green? Now that one's a little bit more complicated. So that can be solved by uh, the same reason why I would buy a Domino's pizza. I would buy a Domino's pizza because I know Domino's will fix my roads if I buy their pizza. And I like my roads getting fixed. Um, so basically if there wasn't anyone to do this and there was a company, say a paper company, right? And some paper companies took care of the environment and some didn't. Who would I buy paper from? Once again, real easy. That's a matter matter of market forces can take care of that problem. Do you like the parks that you've seen? Yeah, like if we like if we went to socialism, all the we're in capitalism right now. The parks have been around for almost capitalism right now. The parks have been around forever. Don't think they're just going to disappear anytime soon. Want your medicine that's safe to take? I did a whole episode about this. I'm not going to get into it anymore. Food that's safe to cook and bake. Let me give you a hint here. If a company starts selling food that's poisoned, one, I'm going to sue them for poisoning me or my family member. Two, I'm not going to buy their food and they're going to go out of business. Problem solved. Want a car to stop when you hit your brakes? Yeah, that's a feature I look for in a car. And I'm, cars have always had brakes long before the government made any sort of regulation on cars. The Model T had brakes. First mass production car ever had no rules regarding how it was made. Nothing. And it had brakes. So you're still wrong. Uh, want your kids at school today? Uh, not really. Have you seen what they teach them at the public schools? I mean, I don't have kids, but I totally wouldn't want to send them to public school if I could afford it private school or homeschool otherwise. Public school is not the best place. I went to a public school, I can tell you. It's not a safe place, certainly. And they're not really doing a good job of teaching. They're just not. All right. Uh, what's the next one here? I gotta find my place. Um, or well-made roads to drive away. Yeah. Uh, if I'm pretty sure there's a million other libertarians that have gone over the my roads thing. I'm not even gonna touch it. Fire trucks and cops to save the day. Now that could be easily replaced with insurance. And other other means, mostly insurance, would be a good way to stop that. And what I mean by that is, okay, if there was no public police or fire, which I'm, I'm actually for um, public police, at least, maybe not, and, and, and maybe public fire. I'm not 100% sure where I stand on that one. But um, that I'm for, but that still isn't socialism. You can have that without socialism. You can have that in a capitalist country. That has nothing to do with socialism. So, we're not all socialists, just the people too stupid to understand basic concepts. <laughs> yeah, how's that for a poem? I may not be able to rhyme, but at least I'm intelligent. That'd be a good catchphrase. Maybe a good t-shirt even. Alright, um, our last one here today. This was posted by user slash at least one alias. Also spelled how you would expect it to be spelled. Um, this is a long post, and I'm going to read it, and it's absolute garbage. So this is someone who, this post, by the way, to put it in context, was someone who was talking about how you would enforce communism. Uh, probably, this is probably an anarcho-communist. Quote, For policing, 
This will be left up to the community. But communism can only come after decades upon decades of socialism, during which the proletariat and working classes in general will be trained to run the government. Actively engage in the administration I'm sorry, actively engage in the administrative functions of society and completely have and completely have remnants of bourgeoisie culture and ideology crushed. That, that sentence phrase is a little awkward. People under communism will be very different from people under capitalism. Yeah, they'll be hungrier. Dutch. Uh, I really should have just edited it in a rim shot. Oh well. Um just like people under capitalism are very different from those under feudalism and primitive communist societies and so on. Take <laughs> Woo. Taking more than what is needed will likely be so heavily frowned upon that people won't even try it. Similar to how people in primitive communism were shunned if they attempted to be selfish. If worst comes to worst, they said of worst came to worst, but that's not the expression. It's if worst comes to worst. The community could step in and send the person to a re-education center or something similar. Well, folks, well, listeners, if you don't mind me, um, I need to get going so I can uh, go live out in the woods with all my firearms and start painting the Wolverines logo from Red October on everything. Because, um, yeah, no, hate to break it to you, communists, but all the, quote, capitalist pigs out here, you're going to have to kill us. It's not going to be as simple. And you're probably not going to be able to kill us because most of y'all don't own guns, know how to use guns, and you're not going to you're anarcho-communist, so you're not going to have a government to stop us. So, uh, it ain't happening. That period. You ain't sending me to no re-education camp. You'll have to kill me first. Anyway, um, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, hopefully I have a really good episode coming for you soon. Not going to give you any hints or spoilers about that because I don't even know if I'm going to do it yet. Um... Once again, as always, you can contact me at uh, freedomfriesfm at gmail.com or you can leave me a uh, voice message on Anchor and I might even play it on the show. Uh, so until next time, have a great day. Keep on living free.